When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Namaste, motherfuckers. Welcome to Namaste, motherfuckers, the only podcast where the worlds of work, comedy, and well-being collide. The podcast where the life-changing stuff happens. I'm Callie Beaton, and a big, warm, festive welcome to you at this, our third annual Christmas Cracker Special, which as usual features some of our favourite jokes from a selection of our brilliant guests during the past year. And first, a couple of cheesy jokes from me. These are ones that have done the rounds in our household over many years, so strap in. How did the ornament get addicted to Christmas? It was hooked on trees its whole life. What would you call an elf who had just won the lottery? Wealthy. And what do you get if Santa forgets to wear his undercrackers? St Nicholas. And finally, here's one of Jeff's. What do you call a large dog that meditates? A werewolf. As in A-W-A-R-E, a werewolf. A werewolf. Oh, all right. Don't blame me, blame the dog. In this episode, we will hear knock-knock jokes, of course. It wouldn't be a namaste motherfucking Christmas cracker show without a knock-knock joke. As well as kids' jokes, one-liner jokes, situational comedy jokes. That's jokes with a setup, a story and a punchline. And once again, comedians retelling their favourite jokes from other comedians. As always, almost every guest this year moaned about our recurring what's your favourite joke question. The most consistent response along the lines of I hate this, I never remember jokes or I can't tell jokes that one's usually from comedians but hey if we drop the what's your favorite joke question there wouldn't be a christmas cracker episode so get on board this year some of our guests got around the question by telling something that was less of a joke more of a you had to be there kind of an anecdote starting with alistair beckett king i think it's the kind of joke that i can't write which is like the funniest thing there is is an in joke if you know what i mean rather than an actual joke uh, like a you had to be there between friends joke i remember when i was on a shoot at film school one of my film school pals um called stephanie was american and she asked if uh, uh, a fellow student of ours whose name was merv she asked is merv short for merville which at the moment and is it short for merville 
was the was the funniest thing that has ever happened. Now I can't explain to you why it was so funny. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't. We were eating. We were eating at the time. I could. It. It was. It. It, it killed me for a week. Um, so a joke. Are you going to give me a joke? Um, uh, just. I think my favorite joke that I'm, I've re. Um, I, I sort of got out of the mothballs is about my mother because she died recently, and I do. I did this one on stage last night about buying my mother an iPad when she became a widow um, as she was in her very late 80s and uh, you know how difficult it was for June to get on with, get on board with this technology and uh, how uh, living 250 miles away I'd have to give her these iPad lessons over the phone and they'd always start like this there'd be me going okay have you switched it on my mother yes me what can you see my mother a naked man me a naked man what's he doing she goes, he's got a vegetable up his bottom. I said, well, he's got a vegetable up his bottom. What did you put in the Google search engine? She goes, interesting things to do with aubergines. And that is absolutely true. That is a, a true, true, true. Well, I don't know whether it is actually. Sometimes I make <laughs> stuff up. But uh, whenever I think about that joke, and I did it some years ago and, and dropped it because, it, you know, I've done it. And then I've, I've sort of regurgitated it because <laughs> it, it makes me feel close to my mother. Yeah. And what's your favorite joke? Oh, I'm so I'm so afraid of you asking me this because your your assistant she was like, "What's your favorite joke?" And I was like, "Listen, I'm really bad at jokes. I'm so bad at jokes." And she's like, "No, no, everyone has a joke." And I said, like, "No, no, I've got like a joke dyslexia. I I I bollocks them up like I, I tell them backwards. I said the punchline wrong and first. And I'm like, I'm infamously bad at jokes, but I I I can kind of tell a funny story, obviously briefly." But then, but then I've said it's a funny story. So now I'm afraid it won't be funny because I, I've given it too much. I, I've teed it up too much. But but one of the things that made me laugh was we were discussing. Um, we're getting. I have a dog too, and he's he's massive. He's half Newfoundland, so he's he's oh, fourteen wow. months. So he's yeah, he's a puppy. But but like he he's uh, he's he's up like this. He's huge. He's like small horse, and he lives in our house. And and obviously he's a young male. 14, he's humping everything, and he's enormous dog right just and it can't go on so we're, we're getting him neutered but <laughs> but in the meantime he has a special friend which is a teddy bear which is I don't know if you're familiar with the with the the fantastic beasts the JK Rowling yes. spin-off from Harry Potter and in that there is a, 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 a kind of a creature called a niffler it looks a bit like a mole it's like exactly a, what it a, is a big yeah. a black thing with big paws and it rubs gold coins and stuff but we have a, a quite a large niffler in our house that one of my kids had as a teddy when they were, were young and the dog keeps the dog it looks a bit like our dog because it's black and the dog obviously it's like has been sidling up to the niffler all along and it's like Pepe Le Pew and he keeps shagging the niffler right and so we're all looking at this and it's really embarrassing and the niffler is there with this hapless expression on its face because the niffler is quite cute he's quite cute yeah. but 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 the funny story was this we were all sitting around one day looking and he does he just pick he doesn't hump cushions the couch or let it's just the niffler he goes it goes up and i think he thinks the niffler is a is a girl special dog. friend it's yeah. a special friend but we were sitting all looking at and it's all a bit embarrassing when the dog, when the dog is, is is like as we say now and riding the niffler and then one of my kids my youngest kid looked at him and said do you ever think when you look at that niffler imagine if toy story was true and we all looked and we all went, oh, Jesus, <laughs> because we were imagining, oh, a family that loves me. You can imagine the Niffler coming into our home and then this huge black dog descending on the Niffler. So that's what I leave you with. A really, a really bad rapey image, which I should have, I should have kept to myself.
Thanks for the memories, Alistair Beckett-King, Jenny A. Clare and Kira Kelly. And thanks to Jeff for not behaving like her dog. Speaking of amusing anecdotes, Paul Chowdhury told one of his own jokes based on real life. My joke, um, I don't really have a, this is a tough, it's like saying what's your favourite film or favourite comedian. It depends on the mood, isn't it? Well, whatever the mood is telling you to say now. I don't know. What was my favourite joke? One of my favourites back in the day was, uh, do you remember the BNP? Of course. British National Party. Yes. I'm not sure for listeners. So they're not some around of my anymore, listeners are they? Will do- No, I don't think they are, but people will know, I think. Yeah. Some of your listeners are BNP, did you say? No, no. <laughs> Lots of my listeners are old enough that they would Oh, right. Know. Sorry. I thought and it wasn't said- that long. No, no. I hope, well, I, yes, no, I was going to, I'm fair to say, I hope none of my listeners are ex-BNP. But it wasn't that long ago, was it, BNP? No. It was only a couple of years ago, a bit longer, that it ceased to be and morphed into other horrible things. Well, yeah, it was National Front yeah. prior. And people say... UKIP is the equivalent yeah. now, but um, I've even done a joke similar on Facebook, which got me attacked. Listen, we're not like that, you know. Just kind of... But I think I did at the time I did a joke, I tried to join the BNP, which would get a laugh because I'm obviously Indian and and I, I got through to a call centre in India. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that used to go down quite well. One of my earlier jokes. Very Hello, good. I think that, then I did that. Hello, BNP. the knock knock joke has become a Callie's Christmas cracker tradition and this year did not disappoint here are two one from Stuart Heritage but first it's Lucy Cave knock knock who's there boo boo who what's the matter why are you crying (laughs) that's that's the only one I know because that's one that my kids my kids tell their friends I was listening to the episode with um, Jeff Lloyd and Sarah and Jeff was going well I don't like it when people just tell jokes and that made me feel bad about this but it's knock knock who's there Europe Europe who no Europe who (laughs) (sighs) we love a we love a knock knock joke and we have a Christmas cracker episode you've hereby guaranteed your position in it a couple of good old knock knock jokes there courtesy of Lucy Cave and Stuart Heritage Kids, of course, love knock-knock jokes, and this segues nicely, all thanks to producer Mike, working out how the hell to stitch all this together, into silly jokes, kids' jokes, or some might say just quite shit jokes, starting with Al Murray. By the way, Al doesn't tell a shit joke. Sorry, Al. Well, my youngest daughter, Daisy, tells those kids' jokes. Um, And I think, what was the last one she said? When is a... What is an octopus with no... What do you call an octopus with no legs? What do you call an octopus a, with no legs? A door, right? <laughs> That's quite good. I quite like that. It's quite a lateral little bit of a... Well, it's... I mean, you know, get Noel Fielding on the phone. Yeah, I mean... or Spike Milligan. Yeah. And yeah. what, Samantha, is your favourite joke? It is. I was talking to Paul about this. It's one that always used to make my sang crack up, but he always used to crack up at everything. It's what's what's black and white and red all over, and it's a sunburnt penguin. Ah, but, excellent. But Charlie always used to, but he he'd tell <laughs> rubbish jokes as a young children do. And, but that one, if I said it any time, ah, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> This really stressed me out, you know. It stresses everyone out. It stresses the comedians out the most, let me tell you, because we're all shit at jokes. This is a this is a really shit joke, and it's uh, an oldie but a goodie. But it always makes me laugh, and I always I always tell it to to my nieces and nephews when they come around just to wind them up. But it is, uh, what did the cheese say to itself in the mirror? 
Hello, me. <laughs> Thank you to Al Murray, Samantha Evans and Matt Williams for your silly and definitely not shit jokes. Many of the jokes told this year were short and sweet with a few cracking one-liners. Here's a bunch of them, kicking off with Alistair McGowan. Years ago, and it's always stayed with me. Is it my favourite joke? I don't know, but it stayed with me. There was a fabulous act on, and I'm sure you've had this or will have this. You, you should have come through with various people on the comedy circuit. You see their acts a lot when you're doing those gigs and you get to know their act almost as well as yours. There was a fabulous act I used to do a lot of gigs with back in the late 80s, early 90s called Niall McKenna. Don't know what happened to Niall McKenna, but he had some good lines. He's very handsome, young Irish comedian um, but one of his best lines and it's always stayed with me was um he said don't you hate that moment late at night in london where you've got the night bus you get home you're walking past a kebab shop and there's a sign outside the kebab shop saying sorry we're open <laughs> and every time i see a kebab <laughs> shop i always think sorry we're open and poor Niall having to have a kebab because it's the only thing that's on offer and then regressing it for the rest of the night and millions of people the same i'm sure what is your favourite joke? My electricity bill. <laughs> Probably because it is absolutely through the roof at the moment. We are getting, our pants are falling down, fully down, and there seems to be no way around it. So if I'm, if you're happy to keep it as that, my electricity bill is, is my biggest joke. What is your favourite joke? Do you know what? I, as a one-liner, one of my husband's one-liners that I really love is, uh, where's the best place to hide in a hospital? I see you. Excellent. What's your favourite joke? Um, knowledge isn't free. You have to pay attention. Uh, so the joke that I've landed on for every moment where, you know, you're going into a venue and you say to the security guys, oh, I'm one of the comedians, tell us a joke then. Um, you're checking into a hotel. Oh, you're one of the comedians, tell us a joke. Any of those moments. I never had anything. But now I've got the joke. And I tell it anytime that comes up which is uh why did the toilet paper not cross the road because it was stuck in a crack it's just so simple <laughs> that is it's a tidy bit oil. of business isn't it right there it is and what's your favorite joke oh so i mean i'm gonna admit defeat on this because I, I i'm like appalling at jokes so i i actually messaged friends before i was like i'm gonna podcast in 10 minutes I need a joke. And I got the messages that came back were um Were these the only, from your were these from your Orca sisterhood members? You know, this is from my, you know, from from from, from my, my Hastings pod. Yeah. And uh, I got what from one friend said the only joke I remember is too long involved vibrators and isn't that funny, Soz. Well, tell her I'd really have liked to hear that one. We were, I, mean, I say yeah. just I said you disappoint me. Yes. Um, and, and then Callie. Um, she's disappointed Callie too. <laughs> disappointed Callie uh, and then then another friend then sort of chimed in and said what's the difference between jam and marmalade I don't know you can't marmalade a dildo up a man's ass <laughs> and I said have you got anything else Drew and, he, and he's like how long have I got and I said 10 minutes or I've got to tell the dildo joke <laughs> well I like the fact that your Hastings pod is so sextoy biased I feel that <laughs> it speaks volumes and your footprint on the world sounds glorious and what is your favorite joke oh shit oh, I've got to have a favorite joke I don't really do jokes because that requires memory I can remember my first joke but it's not funny go for why it do, 
Why do birds fly south? Because it's too far to walk. I love it. And there's only one joke I ever remember. So that's what you're getting. And I, I guess, are you professionally obliged to laugh at your guests' terrible jokes? No, 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 I'll do it. Okay. You. I'll give you what I get when I try new material in a big okay, club. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, what do you call a sheep without legs? A Go cloud. On. Oh, I see. I just think that's sweet. It's a terrible <laughs> joke and I don't tell it well. It's a very long joke and it's rude, so I don't want to do that one. So, <laughs> so I'm going to do uh, a joke that when the person, <laughs> a lad that I used to work with told me this joke and I found it so funny. Um, it's, what are the three most common owls in the UK? Go on. The barn, the tawny, and the teat. <laughs> teat owl. <laughs> My favourite joke is, what's the difference between a dachshund and a street trader? Go on. A street trader balls out his wares on the pavement. <laughs> that was the Reverend Richard Coles rounding off our seasonal barrage of one-liners. You've also heard Alastair McGowan, Danny Wilshire, Diana Doherty, Dr Grace Lauden, Jared Christmas, Lucy Cook, Philippa Perry, Rachel Burden, and Rachel Fairburn. Namaste, motherfuckers! This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. We had a couple of nice sitcom type jokes with a setup, a story and a punchline, starting with one from Yvette Fielding. Well, the guy comes in and says, I've, I've invented an apple to taste like different flavors. You know that one, don't I you? I don't. Oh, he says, comes in and he says to, to this uh, head of a manufacturing company, I've made this apple taste like different flavours. She says, no, you haven't. That's not possible. He says, go on, taste it. So the, the guy tastes it. He goes, strawberry. He says, yeah, turn it round, turn it round. I got grapes. He says, yeah, turn it round, turn it round. Well, this is incredible. And he puts it down on the desk. He says, but if you can make this taste like a woman's fanny, he said, I'm telling you now. He said, this will, we'll make billions Come back when you've done that. Okay. Anyway, a year goes by and he goes back to the same manufacturer and he opens the door and he walks in with the apple and he plonks it down on his desk. And the guy says, you haven't. He says, I have. He says, you haven't. He says, I have. Go on, pick it up and taste it. So the guy goes, oh, 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 like shit. He says, yeah, turn it round, turn it round. Ta-da! <laughs> I really quite like this one because I think you know we, women you know we're all feminists but we shouldn't take ourselves too seriously so basically it's the first female astronaut to be on the station in Mars and she radios down wherever you radio down and she says you know Houston we have a problem and uh, comes back what kind of problem do we have well if you don't know by now what the problem is <laughs> Well, that's one of our Christmas cracker episodes sorted. Oh, I love it. I haven't heard that before either. There is one joke, and I can't tell it, and I hope you know it, 
because I don't think I can even describe the joke, but it's a friend of mine. And the reason I like it is it's clever. It's long and it's clever. And um, and it has got it's got a good punchline, but it isn't just the punchline that makes it funny. And it's 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 a joke about a bear in a bar and barbiturates. Do you know it? I don't know it. No. Uh, and it's an alliterative joke. So it's sort of, you know, bear goes into the bar and asks for a pint and and the barman says, you know, we're not serving a bear in a bar. Um, and then the uh, um, he says, why not? Um, if you don't serve me, I'm going to biff you. He said, well, I'm certainly not serving a bear in a bar that's going to biff the barman. You know, so and it grows and grows and grows. And and uh, and anyway, I can't tell jokes, but that's my joke. You see, you had me with a bit of initial momentum. I was like, she's going to tell a joke and it's going to be good. Well, I'm going to find the joke and I'm going to get producer Mike to tell the joke. Hello, podcast pendants. It's producer Mike here. And I thought I'd mansplain the joke that Callie and Deborah between them didn't manage to tell. Here it is. A bear walks into a bar. Sorry, we don't serve bears in here, the barman says. But I'm a big brown bear. Sorry, we don't serve a big brown bears. The bear is angry and hits the bar with his claws. Give me a beer now. Sorry, we don't serve bar bashing big brown bears. The bear picks up a bar stool and smashes it against the ground. I want a beer. Sorry, we don't serve bar stool breaking bar bashing big brown bears here. The bear is getting angry and takes a bite from the counter. Give me a beer. Sorry, we don't serve drug addicts either. The bear is confused. I've never touched a drug in my life. Well, what about the barbituate? Classic. Well, that one is definitely going in this year's Christmas cracker, motherfuckers. That was Deborah Meaden, with a little help from producer Mike, and before her, Yvette Fielding and Kirsty Walk. Something new in 2023 was the two for the price of one deal. While most guests complained about having to tell a joke, some snuck in an extra gag. And of course, eagle-eared producer Mike was straight onto them. So here are a couple of our double dippers, kicking off with Katie Durham. I'm having piano lessons with Julia Strake's sister. Are you? Yes. That's grand. I know. I mean, it doesn't mean she's a good... I told someone that and they went, does she play the piano? I was like, I don't know. It's <laughs> like... <laughs> It's like the old joke, isn't it, about the Antiques Roadshow? You know, I've got a Rembrandt and a Stradivarius. Trouble is, Rembrandt couldn't make violins and Stradivarius couldn't play. There you go. I think you've done your joke. That's my favourite joke. (laughs) You did it. And do you? You've told us. You told a lovely joke. Would you like to keep your Stradivarius joke, or would you like another joke for your favourite joke? Do you know what? I have a terrible memory for jokes. Um, You and me both. For me, it's a problem. But look, you just made that into a joke. There you hey. go. <laughs> um, I did very much enjoy, though, uh, when our younger daughter was learning about jokes for the first time, you know, when they're sort of realising that people laugh at a certain cadence, you know, and there's a certain kind of format to have you heard the one about or what to, you know, what do dogs like to drink for their tea or, you know, whatever it might be. You know. And uh, I remember she was can't be more than about three and uh, she'd been hearing her then eight-year-old sister telling funny stories, and she wanted a bit of the same. And she went, "Mummy, mummy, you know, Daddy, what do people eat?" And we all went, "What do people eat?" And she went, "Salmon." And we all went, "No, no, darling, that, that's just that's just an answer." That's that. She sounds anyway. like the open mic circuit, really. <laughs> yeah. That still goes on. But like, no, you need it's a obviously. joke now. Uh, I didn't actually hear that. Right, so a bloke told me this, right, the Isles of Sea, which I loved, and I, I had uh, about four days out there, and it was just delightful. And um, 
2,000 people dotted about on five islands, 40 miles on a boat from Penzance. So right, proper remote. And the sea dominates. And if the boat doesn't come, then you go without. And the boat doesn't come on a Sunday. It doesn't come all winter, in fact, or once a week, I think. But in the uh, even in the summer, on a Sunday, it doesn't come. So you go without stuff. So there's no Sunday papers. And a bloke told me that he was in the newsagent and there was a holidaymaker in front of him in the newsagent. And the holidaymaker said to the newsagent, uh, I'll have a, a daily paper, please. And the newsagent went, do you want today's or yesterday's? He said, today's. He said, well, you'll have to come back tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, that's, that is a perfect joke. Yeah, it is really, perfect. Real life, isn't it? Yeah, it is perfect. What is your favourite joke? So, uh, when I got all sort of uh, lefty, when I was about 18, there was this uh, lovely old fella I used to go, who, who, who it was fascinating for so many reasons. Uh, Tony Cliff, who many older people would have known because he was sort of quite an influential figure on the left. And he was a lovely, amazing genius of a man, really, from um, uh, Palestine. As Jewish a person as you could meet, he was a sort of, uh, it just everything about him just exuded this amazing Jewish humour and everything. Uh, and he used to sort of do all these talks and things. And I would love listening because he was funny, you know, and I've always just basically, I think that really, if you're doing anything in public, if you're speaking or doing anything in public, you ought to be a little bit funny. Should I just, be a rule, just a, shouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, don't, just be a, bit funny if you're speaking at a wedding a funeral whatever it is if you're doing a talk about astrophysics Stephen Hawking did jokes all the best people there's a bit in them that's funny and he was funny and he had a sense of mischief and of course sometimes you would get people who would be very some would go oh that was out of order what he did there but he told this one joke and I think the the whole raison d'etre of this joke is that all that stops us is our own minds all that stops us really taking over the world is our own minds and it sounds a bit dated now but he would often tell this joke and it was that there was a factory and they made cooling systems and an arab sheikh came over to look at the cooling systems, he was going to buy a lot of the cooling systems. And so the manager's showing him round and saying, oh, yes, we, we make them here. This is where we make this sort of under the cast here. And then the sort of the, and then the, you know, there's, there's another bit that's made here. If I show you through there and the Arab shakes and all his regalia and stuff, and he's looking at it all and he's quite interested. And then it's the uh, lunchtime. And so the hooter goes now, younger people won't know about this, but there would be a hooter in a shipyard or something like that. And, everybody would leave for lunch and hundreds of people leave the factory and the manager carries on showing him the Arab, the Arab sheik is now distracted and says, I, I must, my, my friend, I must stop you. Your slaves are all escaping. Your slaves are all escaping. And the man just says, oh, don't, don't, don't concern yourself with that. That's absolutely fine. And then he carries on showing him round. And now if we look over here, we see the painting is done here. And this is where we check it. And the Arab Sheikh is just absolutely can't believe what he's seen. And an hour later, the hooter goes to the end of lunch break. Mm. And everybody comes back in. 
And at the end, the manager says, uh, so are you going to buy our cooling system? And the Arab Sheikh says, fuck the cooling system. Get me a hundred of them hooters. <laughs> Another Christmas cracker tradition is comedians telling their favourite jokes from other comedians. And there are some crackers. See what Mike did there? He wrote this script. There are some crackers in this lot, starting with Ori Styler. One of my favourite comedians, and, and I don't have favourites, is in like loads. I go, this is who is my favourite. But I do have a group of people that I, I love watching or working with. Um, one of my favourites is Kane Brown. And um, big shout out to Kane. He does not get the shine he deserves. Completely he, agree. He is one of the funniest, one of the most like impactful, hilarious like on like biggest stage presence comedians out there he's he's tall handsome guy so loads of ladies like coming out to see him because he's in great shape and stuff and then he's just loud and aggressive with mike and everyone loves to watch him but he does not get the credit he deserves i i tell him this so often and we talk quite often as well doesn't get the credit he deserves he's one of the best comedians breathing and it's it's criminal that it doesn't he doesn't his he's got a current joke that he said <laughs> that he says right now um from a lot of the shows that we've been doing and he's put it up on his socials as well uh because someone recorded it and rather than it going around without his permission he's gone you know what i'm just going to put it up on socials because people are kidding our the industry by recording and not it not being vetted by ourselves it's him talking about um it's him talking about uh the Caribbean community and how we don't get a chance to not get, don't get a chance. We have been passed economically by um, everybody else who's come here. We've been here since the Windrush generation. And he talks about like many other communities, like the Asian community have come here after us and passed us economically. And then he, talk, <laughs> then he talks about how the reason why is the unity within the Asian community is amazing. You could have loads of takeaways and restaurants or shops all on one road and they're all doing really, really well. Then he says, but then when you try to find a Caribbean shop, we're always um, juke up somewhere on our own on double yellow lines, right? <laughs> and then he says, you can't even park to go get your food. You have to run out your car, run in there and say, hey, I, hurry up, I ain't got time. Just put the oxtail in my hand, man. Hurry up for I get a ticket. When it's how It's how he delivers it so perfect and because of his uh, his how he attacks a joke it's it's just amazing we'll a link to his stuff and it's also a really nice way to spread the word because he's one of many i think there are so many people who are so incredibly talented and just aren't yeah known. it's a jeremy hardy joke oh, i always i always get it wrong and i always think that jeremy hardy will be up there going like you fucking idiot get the wording right because <laughs> i know that he'd be livid um i'll try and tell it i'll try and tell it right um it's really short. That's where it has to be the right words. Okay. A man goes into the doctor um, with a problem and he takes his clothes off and the doctor examines him. And the doctor says, well, um, you're going to have to stop masturbating. And the man says, oh, why? And the doctor says, because I'm trying to examine you. Fucked it up. I don't think you did. I think my favourite joke, and I'm basing this on the fact that I haven't even seen, I haven't rewatched this recently, but it's still in my head as my favourite joke. Jim Owen, when he comes out and does his finding the funniest spot of the stage 
uh, bit of material. Have you yes. you've seen it? Yeah, you must seen have seen it, this. Because yes. do you know what? For me, it's it's so simple and yet so fantastically brilliant. And, and, and so it's the true. kind of, and the bit of material as well that you watch and you go, Oh, I wish I'd written that. Like, yeah. I wish I'd I really, really wish I'd come up with that. So of course it's hit for anyone who hasn't watched it. He comes out and he's uh, and he says, you know, I usually like to start these sets by just finding the funniest spot on the stage, proceeds to walk around. Uh, and then, of course, people start to giggle. And then he walks back to that spot, which makes people laugh even more as if he's physically found the funniest bit of the stage. It's so simple, but so genius. And I absolutely roared when I first uh, when I watched that. I'll tell you what it is. It's a sketch, actually. And it's a moment in a sketch. So. When I was younger, I must have been about eight or nine. My dad, and, and, and I've remembered this, he brought home, there was a, the Daily Mirror were giving out, like on the front of the mirror was a tape, sellotaped cassette tape, and it was for comic relief. This is how going back some now. And it was a collection of stuff for comic relief. So on that tape was a bit of Joe Brand's stand-up. There was uh, Monty Python. There was clips from Blackadder. It was bizarre. And the last one on the first side was the one leg too few sketch with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. I don't know if you know this. I do. Where it's the one legged Tarzan. So he comp- uh, Dudley Moore hops into the office and says to Peter Cook, I'm here for the role of Tarzan. And they have, you know, he says, you know, you, you do know that you have got one leg. And he was like, yeah. And he said, look, this is the line where I think, this is that moment where I think as a comedian, when Peter Cook sort of says, look, I've got nothing against your right leg. It's a beautiful leg. When you walked in here, when you hopped in here, I thought, that's a lovely leg. I've got nothing against your right leg. Problem is, neither of you, which is a, it just a moment when I just thought, oh, that, that, and, and I remember being sort of eight, nine going, I know that's really well written. Yeah. My favorite joke is a Joan Rivers joke, actually. I met Joan Rivers once. I, um, well, first of all, I have to say, you know, when you say about these namaste moments, um, I did, um, one of them was when I worked with Robin Williams. About a year before he passed away, I did a show with him at the Throckmorton Theatre in Mill Valley in San Francisco. And he wasn't on the bill, um, but he lived in Mill Valley and he came, he used to come there quite frequently to this theatre with Throckmorton and watch acts. And he would often perform there. It was a local theatre. It's full of really rich white people in in Mill Valley. And I turned up there one night. I walked into the green room, which was very small. And he was sitting there. And they used to order pizza for the comedians. So they just ordered some pizza. And he was sitting there by himself. And I walked in. And he's eating pizza by himself. And he said to me, are you on? And I said, yes. And he said, hi, I'm Robin. I mean, and, and, he, and we, it was just me and him in this green room, talking, eating pizza. And he then came up stage to watch me. And he said to me, you killed it. You did so well. Don't ever give up. And obviously he passed away a year later. And I just thought, I just never forget that evening that I had with him, meeting him, talking to him, him watching me, him saying to me, don't, don't give up. Um, and um, then I, a few years earlier, I'd met Joan Rivers um, at the opening. My a friend of mine is uh, a theatre producer 
And Alan Bennett had a play um, on Broadway and um, Joan Rivers was, was there. And we were standing at the buffet afterwards. There was like this buffet where you could get food for for all the guests in the green room. And she was in front of me. She was very quiet and, and very shy. And um, we were just talking about the buffet, what we're going to have. And um, I just remember talking to her there at the buffet. And she was so quiet and unassuming um, and shy. And I... I just just think, oh my God, I met these two people that I most, you know, in comedy, I most admired or wanted to be like, you know. But I, all her jokes. I'm glad you I, rolled those out because those are good moments, Shazia. If you'd kept those in your back pocket, I'd be like, <laughs> fucking hell. Do you not understand what the podcast is about? They're good. And you, and you said that you that your joke, it's a Joan Rivers joke, yeah. your favourite joke. Yeah. What is it? So where she said, and I'll never be able to do it as well as she did, but she said, you know, women... You know, stop getting an education. You know, you want to educate yourself. You want to read books. Yeah, fuck all that, yeah? No man has ever gone after a woman. No man has ever put his hand up a woman's skirt looking for a library card. <laughs> Just fuck getting an education. Don't get an education. Work on your looks. That's what she said. No man has ever put his hand up a woman's skirt looking for a library card. Not only is that funny, it is also true. That was Shazia Mirza dropping Joan Rivers' name even more than I do. And that's going some. You also heard Uri Styler, Rachel Paris, Richard Franks and Scott Bennett. And to close us out for this year is one final comedian telling another comedian's joke. One that we've heard at least twice every year. But it's a brilliant one. And there's a reason it keeps getting picked. Yes, motherfuckers, it's time for that famous Bob Monkhouse joke brought to you this year by Mark Simmons. The one I always tell people is a Bob Monkhouse joke um, because I just think it's, it's, just a, it's just a perfect joke, really. But the trouble is, it's not like... I don't think it's like a rip-roaring make-you-laugh, but it's just really well-crafted. I really like it. And that is the... Um, uh, people laughed when I told them I wanted to be a comedian. Well, they're not laughing now. I love I that. I just think it's, it's, it's just it's, it's, It is perfect. And it was actually, you know the film The Joker? Did you ever watch that? Yeah, oh, that's in there, isn't it? Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, but it actually really annoys me because he does that joke on stage and they sell it like it's a bad joke. I know. And that really annoys me because it isn't. And I'd like to know if they got permission to use that joke or why they use that joke. But but it doesn't make any sense because it's a, a really... It's a great joke. Namaste, was Mark Simmons, also sometimes mistaken for my comedy son, due in part to his colouring, Google him if you don't know what he looks like, and let's be honest, in part due to the disparity in our respective ages. So that is it for our Christmas Cracker episode 2023. Thank you to all my guests this year, even those whose jokes we didn't include. Blame Mike. Thank you for listening and a big final festive fat thank you to producer Mike. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. You've had a right old 
hullabaloo this year putting up with last minute shenanigans from me without you we would have been royally namaste motherfucking fucked so i owe you one and last but not least please leave a review tell all your friends and neighbors and indeed outright strangers and if you're new to the podcast we hope today's episode inspires you to go back and listen to the episode you haven't heard yet and even if it didn't inspire you just do it anyway be nice what better way to kill some time between Christmas and the New Year? Namaste, motherfuckers, was written and presented by me, Callie Beaton, and produced by Mike Hansen for Pod People Productions with music by Jake Yap. And we will be back in your feed next Thursday with a special New Year's episode when I will be sharing the best in life advice from all my guests in 2023. This too shall pass. Until next time, motherfuckers. <laughs> Namaste, motherfuckers! Pod people.